So if you uh, have been a member of this church for a while, or if you've been attending for a little while, or uh, if you have much of an awareness of the Methodist Church, uh, you know that as a denomination we're kind of going through a a challenging time. Uh, As of the end of the year 2022, so just this past December, uh, over 2,000 churches across the United States have left the United Methodist Church uh, with the projections that by the end of this year, uh, that number will be around 5,000 churches. And um, our church uh, is in a time of discernment with the expectation that And in the next couple of months, we will be having a vote on whether or not to leave the United Methodist Church and join a new denomination or not. And uh, so we're we're working on making sure we have all the uh, all the things in place to to enable that to happen. uh, Waiting to hear back from uh, our conference and our district superintendent to ensure uh, that all of those things happen in a a way that uh, is is right and good. And um, my hope. Uh, over the next several weeks uh, is that we can take some time together to reflect on what it looks like for us to be faithful to God in the midst of all of this, right? In the midst of all that's going on within uh, our denomination, within our church, uh, within the world around us, within our lives, what does it look like for us to be faithful to God? If, if you have said yes to Jesus as your Savior, if you said yes to Jesus as your Lord, uh, faithfully following him is the expectation, right? I mean, that's, that's in part what it means to say that Jesus is my Lord. It means that I'm going to, to follow him. Him. Uh, Jesus says in John fourteen fifteen, if you love me, you will obey my commandments, right? Our, our responding to God's love for us by loving him in return means that we, that we follow him, that we strive to be faithful. Uh, now, if you're here this morning or if you're watching online and you haven't reached that point where you said yes to Jesus as your savior and your Lord, my hope would be that over the next few weeks, that you'll hear a little bit more about what that means to say yes to Jesus. You'll hear a little bit more about what this church uh, is trying to be about as we strive to be faithful in our walk with him. And, and so this morning, with our uh, denominational issues in the background and our upcoming church vote, I want us to think about both the need we have as followers of Jesus to sometimes part ways with others, and then the importance of how we do that. Right, so the, the need that we have sometimes as followers of Jesus to sometimes part ways with others, and then how we do that uh, as, as faithful followers of Christ. Now, our scripture passage comes from Acts chapter 15, verse 36 through 41. I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles with me there if you have them. Acts chapter 15, verse 36 through 41. Uh, there are uh, two kind of primary characters within this passage that we're going to read about. There's actually, I think it mentions four people all together. Uh, but the primary two people that we're reading about is uh, Paul and Barnabas. Now, Paul and Barnabas have been great friends for a long time. Uh, Paul, if you remember, at one point in time, his name was Saul. Uh, Saul was going around persecuting Christians, persecuting followers of the way. He was having them drug out into town squares to be stoned. He was having them drug out of places to be thrown into prison. Uh, Saul had an encounter with Jesus that completely changed his life, and he began to follow Jesus faithfully, completely. And so rather than, uh, so, so basically he took all the energy and effort that 
he put into persecuting Christians and he began to go out and share the good news of Jesus with others. Now, this wasn't something that he just kind of stepped into all together on his own. When he had this encounter with Christ, he, he met Barnabas, uh, who became a mentor for him. Barnabas became somebody who would disciple him, who would direct him, who would give guidance to him and how he was supposed to follow Jesus. In fact, Barnabas was the person who advocated and vouched for Paul, uh, Saul who became Paul, whenever he approached the apostles in Jerusalem. When he approached the Christian leaders in Jerusalem, they were a little bit nervous about this, you know, Saul who became Paul. It's like, is this maybe just a, a, a wolf and sheep's clothing. He's going to sneak in here and he's going to drag us all out. And Barnabas said, no, there's been a real change in him. And so Barnabas and Paul became good friends. They traveled uh, all across the Mediterranean together, all across the Roman empire, telling people the good news about Jesus. And oftentimes Barnabas was the leader in that. And Paul was kind of his apprentice. He was learning from him. They traveled together for nearly two years, became close companions. Uh, during their travels, there was a guy by the name of John Mark, uh, who at one point in time must have traveled with them a little bit. And then John Mark kind of fell to the side and stopped traveling. And, and that's kind of the nature of their dispute. We'll read about it here. So we're in Acts chapter 15, picking up here in verse 36. It says, after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, come, let us return and visit the believers in every city where we proclaimed the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Right? He's saying, let's, we're going to go and we're going to check in on all these people that we've been ministering to over the past couple of years. Let's go do this together. Well, Barnabas here in verse 37, Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark, but Paul decided not to take with them one who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not accompanied them in the work. Right? Paul, Barnabas wants to take John Mark with him. Paul says, no, no, no. You know, you, this happened before. We're not going through this again. Verse 39. The disagreement became so sharp that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and set out. The believers commending him to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Uh, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks. Parting ways is not something that's easy. And I think, you know, as Christians, we like to think that we should all be able to get along. There should never be a reason for Christians to part ways. And so first I'll, I'll say that parting ways and getting along are two separate matters. You can get along with somebody. You can love somebody deeply and dearly and still recognize the need to go in different directions. Paul and Barnabas loved one another deeply but they needed to go in different directions. You can still love somebody and realize that you are headed in different places. You can still care for one another. So parting ways and getting along are, are two separate matters altogether. See, when, um, when I went to college, uh, I moved up to Tallahassee uh, that first year with my best friend since the second grade. It was the two of us, and uh, we had two other good friends who joined us. We all moved into an apartment together, the four of us uh, living it up. And I have to admit, we didn't make the best choices together. Uh, 
at the end of the first year, one of my roommates had been kicked out of school. Um, Another roommate had received a letter that said, you've got one more semester to get this figured out or you're gone. And I had received a letter that said, you know, you don't have that scholarship that you started with anymore. You're going to have to figure out how to pay for this on your own. Uh, That was after year one. Our our second year, we thought, well, this went so well. Let's bring a couple more people up with us. (laughs) So there were six six of us in one apartment. Uh, it, It was a wild year. Let's Let's just say the police came to my apartment more than once, right? Uh, And this wasn't a time where I was really following Jesus, and so I'll throw that out there as well. Uh, So after the second year of college was was coming to a close, even though I wasn't following Jesus, I still knew that I could not live there anymore. I, I knew that I couldn't still be in that same place. I could not continue to be their roommate and have a chance at a successful life, a chance at being successful in school. I also knew that if I moved out, it was going to create a potential hurt and some turmoil. I knew that if I moved out, it meant that uh, my best friend since the second grade uh, was going to have a difficult decision to make, which likely meant that him and all the rest of my roommates would be moving back home. I felt the weight of that decision that me moving out meant all of the rest of them were going to move back home. It's, it's one of the harder decisions I've had to make because, because it meant that I left my best friend in a tough position. But it was something that I knew that I had to do. And again, it created some hurt and some turmoil in the short term. But in the long term, I think it paved the way for me and uh, for all of those friends to have better opportunities in life. Uh, And good news is my best friend since the second grade uh, is still my best friend. You know, we we were able to remain friends even though we at one point in time had parted ways. I I wish that I could say that my choice of roommates for my third year of school was better, uh, but they ended up being equally as bad. And uh, it was in that third year that I kind of had my come to Jesus meeting and just realized that, you know, it wasn't just that group of friends. There was something in me that needed to change as well. Uh, And and so following this come to Jesus meeting that I had, uh, following Jesus meant that I was going to need to leave that group of roommates as well. Uh, but I prayed about it. I trusted God. And when I committed myself to faithfully following Jesus, God provided a new set of friends. God uh, surrounded me with a church family. Uh, God provided a place for me to live. And this new group of friends, this uh, new family that surrounded me became uh, a huge part of my of my faith journey, they became a huge part of helping to lead and direct me, even in ministry to this point. And I say all this to say that uh, there comes a time when you're striving to be faithful, that, that you have to, at some point, take a stand. At times, taking a stand means that you have to part ways. It doesn't mean that you no longer love someone. It doesn't mean that parting ways doesn't come without some hurt. It just means that for the sake of doing the best you can to be faithful to God, that you can no longer travel the same path. In our scripture passage, we read about Paul and Barnabas parting ways. They had been great partners in ministry. Uh, When Paul first professed faith in Jesus, uh, again, it was Barnabas who took him under his wings. It was Barnabas who discipled him, Barnabas who mentored him, who vouched for him before the apostles in Jerusalem. 
I got to believe that it was hard for Paul to come to the conclusion that he needed to part ways. I imagine he spent a great amount of time in prayer about what to do. And eventually Paul decided that in order to be faithful to his calling, he needed somebody he could depend on, somebody he could count on, somebody who would keep their covenant. And Paul decided to, decided to go a separate way. Interestingly enough, as we read the Bible story, it doesn't tell us uh, a whole lot outside of this. It doesn't tell us why it was that John Mark had deserted them on their first missionary journey. It doesn't say, you know, well, maybe the work was too hard, and so John Mark decided to step away. Maybe, uh, maybe Paul was a little bit frustrating and annoying to work with, and John Mark had had enough. It, it doesn't tell us. It, it just mentions that he had stepped away, and Paul said, I can't do this again. We can't go together on the same path. We do know, however, uh, that uh, Paul and John Mark and Barnabas, their discussion became so heated that it led to them separating and forming two teams instead of one. Also, as we read scripture, it's kind of interesting to note, uh, we're never told who was right. Scripture never comes back and says, you know what, Paul shouldn't have left them like he did. It doesn't come back and say, you know what, Barnabas shouldn't have taken John Mark. It just tells us what happened. The two people who are faithful followers of Jesus reached the point where they realized they needed to part ways. We do know as we read the rest of Scripture, as we read throughout the New Testament, as we read Paul's letters, that all four of these men, uh, both Barnabas and John Mark, Paul and Silas, all four of them go on to lead successful and fruitful ministries. Uh, Barnabas mentors Mark to the point where Paul later sees him as a useful helper. Paul mentors Silas, and Silas goes on to do a great deal of work and leadership within the life of the church. Uh, John Mark, uh, under Barnabas' leadership, eventually goes on to meet the Apostle Peter uh, and ends up writing what we believe to be the gospel according to Mark and tells us the story of Jesus. Paul, Silas, Barnabas, John Mark, even though they part ways, they end up doing good things for God's kingdom. And at some point in time, it seems as though the four of them are all reconciled back together because Paul later mentions John Mark positively in one of his letters. So as we read this story about Paul and Barnabas, think about what lies in front of us. What can we learn? I I think one of the things that we see is that sometimes even as Christians, we will see things differently. It, It would be nice if we all agreed on everything, but oftentimes our attempts to be faithful will lead us into differences of opinion. None of us have it all figured out. And sometimes we can disagree and we can stay in the same denomination together. And sometimes when we disagree, it means that we form new denominations. We go in separate ways. I think I've mentioned this in a previous sermon, but disagreements and new denominations forming is not something that's new for Methodists or for Wesleyans. One of the first groups to leave the Methodist church did so in 1787. They formed the African Methodist Episcopal Church, the AME Church, which is, I believe, the largest uh, predominantly African-American denomination in the United States. Right? They had broken off from the Methodists, the early Methodist movement, not, not too long after the Methodist Church was founded. Uh, there was another group that left the Methodist Church in 1843 uh, over 
disagreements about slavery and disagreements about entire sanctification. What it, what it means for God to do a work within us that leads us to holiness. Uh, this group that broke off in 1843 would eventually become the Wesleyan Church, uh, which exists all over our country as well. Uh, in 1830, There was a group that left the Methodist Episcopal Church, that was the formal name of the Methodist Church, to become the Methodist Protestant Church. They left because they were dissatisfied with the leadership of the bishops. They felt that laity should have more say at annual conferences and general conferences. And so the Methodist Episcopal and the Methodist Protestants went two separate ways. Now later on, they would eventually come back together uh, as a part of a merger that would become the Methodist Church. Uh, but at that point in time, they, they had a difference and a disagreement, and they needed to go separate ways. In 1860, uh, there was a group that left that formed the Free Methodist Church. Uh, they felt as though pews should be free. Right At one point in time, can you imagine, people had to pay for their pew. You, you rented a pew, a place to sit. I mean, that's, that's when you could say, hey, you're in my seat, right? When you're... <laughs> But so the free Methodists felt as though, you know, we, we, we shouldn't have to do this. We shouldn't pay for our pews. They wanted free pews. They also uh, wanted to be free from what they considered Episcopal abuses. They wanted a more free movement of the Holy Spirit within their church. And so they formed the free Methodist church. In 1908, the Church of the Nazarene was formed by Methodists and by Wesleyans who felt the need for a renewed interest in the pursuit of holiness. They felt as though, you know, this Methodist movement has kind of gotten off track holiness is what we're about. This is the direction we need to go. They left. They formed the Nazarene church. In 1901, the seeds of what would become the Assemblies of God church, which is the largest Pentecostal church in the world, began uh, with a few Methodist leaders who were pursuing holiness, who were pursuing uh, the, the work of the Holy Spirit within their lives. And they felt the way that God was moving and working in them. They could no longer be Methodists in order to do that. And so they left, they joined together with others, and they eventually formed the Assemblies of God Church. Just like when Paul and Barnabas had sharp disagreements and went in different directions, there will be times when we go in separate directions. I would encourage you to not let disagreements or differences get you bent out of shape. Don't let your disagreement cause you to become bitter. Don't let it cause you to become bitter to the point where you miss out on the calling to be faithful to God. Because at the end of all of this, there is a higher calling and allegiance than any denomination or any local church. When I die, I'm not going to be answering to the United Methodist Church. When I die, I'm not going to be answering to the Global Methodist Church. And I love you all, but when I die, I'm... I'm not going to be answering to this church. I'm going to stand before God and I have to give an account for how I strived to be faithful to him and to his calling. And so for each of us, you know, there's times when we will have differences of opinion, disagreements as followers of Jesus. Strive to be faithful to what God is calling you. Another truth that we learn from this passage Uh, Some good news is that God can work even in the midst of our divisions. The same way that uh, this multitude of denominations has formed throughout the Methodist movement, uh, God works even in the midst of our division. Uh, When our disagreements lead to that place where we part and go separate ways, God still seems to use us 
if we're striving to be faithful to him, if that's the heart of where we're at, God is able to bring glory to himself even in our weakness. When we see the story of Paul and Silas, when we see the story of Barnabas and John Mark, we see that, you know, Paul and Silas, they they grow through their time together. Silas grows under Paul's leadership and mentoring. Uh, John Mark grows under Barnabas's mentoring and leadership. And there are more people that are reached with the good news of Jesus because of it. There are more people who are reached with the good news of Jesus because they parted and they went separate ways, perhaps even reaching people that they would not have otherwise reached. And so one of my prayers in all of this is that the formation of a new denomination that has as its mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ who worship passionately, love extravagantly, and witness boldly, is that it would see many new people come to know Jesus through its witness, that that would be a result of it. Another thing that we can see as we look at Paul and Barnabas is that even in separation, there's still the mission that God has given us. When Paul and Barnabas separate, they don't give up on God's calling in their life. They don't just go home, pack up, part ways, and call it a day. They continue to faithfully serve God. They continue to follow the mission that God had given them. And it's the same mission that each of us have received as well. It's the great commission that Jesus gives to all of his followers in Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen, and 20. Where he says, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is what your call is, regardless of which direction you take, regardless of what denomination you're a part of. If, if you're a follower of Jesus, if a church is striving to follow after Christ, this is the mission, regardless of what name is on the outside of it. Disagreements will happen. Separations will occur. There will be times when we experience hurt because we are fallible people. We don't give up on the mission that God has given us. We don't give up seeking after God ourselves because God is faithful. Because God loves us with a never-ending, enduring kind of love. Uh, God gives us mercies that are new every morning. And so the final point that I'll offer this morning that we can learn from Paul and Barnabas is the need for us to remember how, how we should handle ourselves in the midst of disagreement. I heard one person say we should probably play the long game. And what that means is that while we may separate from other believers now because we disagree, we may in years to come find them to be dear brothers and partners in the gospel. And so that should inform the way that we conduct ourselves, the way that we relate to one another so we don't have more damage to repair on the other side. Paul and Barnabas and John Mark, they find themselves in connection years later. They find themselves partnering together for the good of God's kingdom. Even though they separated and parted ways at one point in time, they find a way to work together later on. I would say for our church, you know, even though we've been in the midst of this discernment process for uh, almost a year, uh, when we kind of first announced that leadership was pursuing disaffiliation, and we've been talking about it for at least the past four years, uh, we still are finding ways 
to work with a multitude of people. After Hurricane Ian, we have had uh, teams that were from United Methodist Churches that came and stayed here and went out into our community and did work. We had teams that came from the Global Methodist Church that stayed here at our church and went out into the community and did work. There is more need and more challenges in this world than what any one denomination can handle. We will have to work together ecumenically as brothers and sisters in Christ to help people. Even now, we partner with Baptists and Episcopals, uh, with Catholics and with Lutherans, with Presbyterians and Pentecostals to do good. We find ways, hey, this is something that we can agree on. This is a way that we can relate to one another and do something that's good. Let's find a way to do that. And, and so though I would say that in, in disagreement, the way that we interact with people whom we disagree with says a lot about who we are as followers of Jesus. Our ability to love and respect those whom we disagree with, those whom we separate from, those who might one day be ecumenical partners, that says as much about our Christian faith as our staying together does. The way that we act and treat one another in the midst of disagreement says more about our Christian faith than when we stay together. As people part ways, we have the opportunity to bless one another and not curse one another. Our passage says that Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and set out, the brothers and sisters commending him to the grace of the Lord. Now, I would offer that this is a good word for us to hold on to. To be able to commend one another to the grace of the Lord. In any situation where you find yourself parting ways with somebody else. In a work situation, in a friend situation, in any kind of group that you're a part of, whenever there is a division or a parting of ways, commend one another to the grace of the Lord. Offer one another grace. Pray for one another to go in grace. Speak words of grace to and about the other person. Let go of whatever hurt exists. Let go of whatever bitterness might exist. Let go of the need for retribution and offer the grace of the Lord to one another. And when it comes uh, to the division that's before us, you know, I've stated before, uh, I will not be able to remain in the United Methodist Church for long. Uh, this is something that I say that comes with great grief for me. Uh, I've got many friendships, some Barnabases within my own life that are remaining in the United Methodist Church. My my best friend since the second grade uh, went on to become a pastor. And uh, he's going to be staying in the United Methodist Church. We, We love one another deeply. We disagree on a few things. If I have a need in my life, I'm going to call him up. If he has something in his life, he's going to call me. We're still going to be friends, even though we go separate ways. And all of this, I'm having to practice what I preach. I'm working on maintaining friendship and connection with people who are going to remain United Methodists. Letting them know I still love them, even though I think they're wrong. Um, I'm talking to people who are leaving and who have already left. I'm encouraging them. I'm reminding them and telling them, you need to do this gracefully and with respect and you need to do so in a way that that you're turning your attention to the mission that god has called you to because if if you're leaving with bitterness in your heart you're not going to be able to do what god wants you to do 
And so I'm praying hard in the midst of all of this for myself. I'm praying that God will work in me for his glory. I'm praying that God works in each of you for his glory. I'm praying that God works in the midst of our congregation for his glory. And that wherever you find yourself in all of this, I pray that, that you would commit to doing the same. To strive to be faithful to God and to bless one another along the way. Let us pray. Gracious and almighty God. We thank you that, that you do love us, and care for us and watch over us uh, with an unfailing love. We do thank you that you offer to us mercies that are new every morning. And so as we face the challenges, struggles of this life, as we deal with our human fallibility, knowing that uh, we don't always get it right, none of us Uh, quite gets it right all the time, Uh, that you would work in us for your glory. We pray that at the heart of our being, at the core of who we are, that we would strive to follow you faithfully. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.